What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Hey, folks. Greg Allman with the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com. Coming at you on the Locked on Bucks podcast. Here we are with episode 18 uh, halfway through our fourth week on the podcast, uh, big news, you're probably listening to this Wednesday morning, but the big news Tuesday uh, was the first joint practice between the Bucks and the Cleveland Browns at One Buck Place. Uh, this was only open to season ticket holders on Tuesday. Still very much a packed house uh, on a very hot Tuesday morning. Uh, lots to get to from that. Uh, I think we're going to wind up uh, kind of locked on Aguayo today. Lots of talk about uh, the rookie kicker, Roberto Aguayo, and his uh, continued struggles. Uh, but we're back here for episode 18 here talking into the uh, snowball mic we have. Uh, hopefully we have the improved sound quality. Every time I mention the snowball mic, guys, I, I have to tell you, I think of Jimmy Fallon. I don't know how many people uh, I'm dating myself here. But uh, long before Jimmy Fallon was a talented, uh, musically talented late night talk show host, uh, he was just a SNL guy, you know. And I used to have a Jimmy Fallon. Uh, this is CD back when they had CDs. Uh, Jimmy Fallon had a song in the 90s called uh, Snowball Fight. So anytime I say uh, Snowball, Mike, I think of, uh, I've got it right here. You got the, the terrible song. Uh, I don't know why it's lingered with me 20 years later, but uh, it's like Jimmy Fallon kind of doing his uh, mock punk rocker. Uh, here it is. Hold on just a second. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, anyway, so I, again, I'm sorry I have to share that. It's just every time I say snowball Mike uh, here on the podcast, that's all I think about. The big thing, uh, now that we've gotten our Jimmy Fallon uh, quota for the podcast, the big thing to come out of uh, first joint practice with the Browns uh, is Dirk Cutter being unhappy with his offense again. If you remember last week in Jacksonville, uh, the line he used for his offense on that first day uh, was that it had no juice. Um, and again today, asked about his offense. We had that same thing going on at the uh, dual practice, joint practice, where you got two fields going at once. You kind of have to commit to one or the other. Uh, I had much better sight lines for the uh, the far right field at One Buck Place, which is where the Bucks offense spent the day working against the Browns defense. Uh, so a lot of what I saw today was that. Um, unfortunately, as a result of that, I don't know as much about how the Bucks defense fared on the middle field. Uh, harder to get video, harder to tell what's going on in that field. So kind of went with logistics there. But uh, again, twice, Dirk Cutter said, no juice. No juice today from his offense. Said uh, no one wanted to practice today. Uh, passing game in particular looked rough today. Uh, I counted at least four, if not five, interceptions for the Browns in 7-on-7 seven seven and 11-on-11 11 11 drills. Uh, Joe Hayden had one. Uh, the linebacker from Oklahoma, Dominique Alexander, had another one. Um Jamar Taylor, who's probably a starter for them, had a deflected interception. So uh, he said it was a combination of bad decision-making, some tip passes, some poor protection from the offensive line. He said that's a bad combination. So I'm sure you'll see, uh, as you did last week, I'm sure you'll see the Bucks' offense and the passing game in particular uh, a little sharper 
on Wednesday. Wednesday's practice, by the way, starts at 9.45, is open to the entire general public. Everybody welcome to go to that, not just the season ticket holders. Uh, should be a real good crowd. That's the last open practice of training camp for the Bucks, And obviously, Friday night at Raymond James Stadium is their home preseason opener. Get to see those new video boards and everything else on that. The defensive side, I will say, uh, from everything I heard, had a much better day. So if you wanted the glass half full side of the uh, joint practice today, that would be the Bucks defense. Uh, Vernon Hargraves, I can confirm, uh, did get work with the ones today. Uh, saw him early on working as the number one nickel. He's generally been behind uh, Jude Ajay Barima, but was working as the number one nickel. And then uh, later got some work uh, opposite Brent Grimes, taking over for Altron Werner as the number one outside cornerback. Uh, best stat I saw, uh, Mary Kay Cabot with the uh, Cleveland paper. Uh, she said that uh, Vernon Hargraves had two picks of Robert Griffin the third in uh, seven-on-seven drills today. So again, he continues to uh, pick up where he left off in Jacksonville there on Saturday night, uh, just being a ball hawk, just being all around the ball. That's uh, very good news for for his maturation here as we get uh, closer and closer, uh, less than three weeks now to the season opener. Uh, Offensively, Joe Hawley was back at center, I can tell you that. Uh, Kind of a continued battle there between him and Evan Smith for the starting center job, but today was a Joe Hawley day. Uh, Injury-wise, Evan Spencer was still out. Uh, He's got a knee just kind of standing around watching the other receivers. Uh, Otherwise, I think everybody was pretty much back except the the completely gone guys like J.R. Sweezy and and Louis Murphy and uh, those types. Caleb Beninock, the uh, rookie guard from UCLA, was back at practice. Wasn't sure whether he would be able to go on Friday night or not, uh, but he's back out full go in practice after missing three weeks with an ankle. Uh, that's good news for him. I think at one point we had thought he might be a guy that would start the year uh, on the pup list, on a short-term IR or something like that. So if he's back healthy, uh, he's probably their eighth offensive lineman right now. Dirk was talking today about he doesn't have much depth in his mind on the offensive line after six or seven. And I think six or seven for him right now, uh, again, just to go through this, you, you'd think your starting line right now is probably Donovan Smith, uh, Kevin Pamphill at left guard, Joe Hawley at center, Ali Marpet at right guard, and DeMar Dotson at right tackle. With those five, I think your next two would logically be Gosder Sherilis as the swing tackle right now. Your backup left, right tackle primarily, but usually they just dress one swing tackle to back up both tackles in the event of injury. Uh, I think Evan Smith would be next. He'd be your seventh who could be a backup, uh, an injury replacement at guard or center. And then after that, there's a big drop-off. There's really no proven established offensive lineman for your eighth and ninth spot. So I think right now that would probably be your draft pick, Caleb Beninock, uh, and probably Leonard Wester as an undrafted rookie who's been the second team left tackle uh, for a big chunk of training camp. Uh, But again, we'll still see on those. They could obviously uh, go to waivers and and pick up a guy that gets picked, dropped by another team uh, when final cuts come around on September 3rd. Uh, So still very much a fluid situation there, but... uh, we're getting closer where we can start talking about cuts and who's going to make it. Uh, as we've mentioned, we're now less than a week until the initial cuts that go from 90 to 75 uh, already can have a pretty good sense just based on playing time in the preseason uh, who a lot of those 15 guys are going to be. Sometimes you'll see NFL teams do uh, what they call courtesy cuts. If there's a guy they know they're going to cut, uh, maybe they'll do him a favor and they'll put him in the initial cuts to 75 rather than waiting until 53 uh, knowing that it gives him four or five extra days to get with another team 
and have a better chance of making their 53-man roster with a fresh start somewhere else. Uh, the main thing we probably will talk about today is Roberto Aguayo. Uh, this is like the fourth day in a row. We've written about Aguayo. We've talked about Aguayo. Uh, things have kind of escalated, uh, if you will. Uh, you know, missed an extra point in that first game against the Eagles, missed two field goals Saturday in the win over the Jaguars, and it's a little uh, more harmless because it came in a win. They still won by six points. So the fact that he missed a 32-yard kick and a 49-yard kick um, isn't as big a deal. It's like, I'll, I'll give you a good example here. Um, when we're covering a ball game for the Times, uh, you've usually got your two main things we're writing as a paper are a game story, well, three main things, uh, a game story, a column, and, and a notebook. Um, and, and obviously the game story is kind of the overarching big picture, this is what happened game story that Rick Stroud writes for us. Uh, the columnist is usually going to have a, a more specific take. This was good, this was bad, this needs to be worked on, those kind of things. What I usually do, um, honestly, is uh, is notebooks. That's the main thing I'm doing on deadline on a game day. Uh, which is great when it's a 1 o'clock game because your game is over about 4.30. You've got uh, two and a half, three hours to really craft things and decide what goes where and work up some stats and charts to go with it. Uh, but in a night game, you don't. So, for instance, Saturday night in Jacksonville, I had a game that started at 7.30. Uh, my early deadline for the notebook was at 9.15. So barely uh, was able to file that notebook right as halftime ended. So you kind of have to pick stuff. That, that's good and can stick and stay no matter what happens in the second half of the game. Um, I initially had thought about leading the notebook with Aguayo because obviously he missed a, missed a field goal in the Bucks' opening drive. Again, it, it, it means that his problems are lingering, his problems are carrying on another week closer to the regular season. Uh, right at the end of the first half, if you remember, Vernon Hargrave gets a really nice leaping interception uh, to set up a go-ahead field goal for the Bucks in the closing seconds of the half. So I kind of made the decision at halftime, all right, you know what, I'm going to lead with Hargraves instead of Aguayo, make Aguayo my second note, then uh, filed the note with, with Hargraves as the lead. And then, of course, on the very first drive of the second half, Hargraves gets another interception. So it's like, oh, I made the right call there. You kind of call the copy desk, have them add in the fact that he got a second one. Uh, so to that extent, Aguayo wasn't uh, a big headline in our, in our Sunday coverage of the uh, Jaguars game. I came back, I had talked to Aguayo after the game and uh, wanted to get his comments in. So for Monday's paper, one of the things we had was the comments from Aguayo. And again, um, it's important to remember in all this about Roberto Aguayo, he's handled this fairly well. He's a very good kid, very well-spoken, humble, uh, a confident kid but not a cocky kid. Uh, came out very accountable for his misses after the game Saturday night, said it shouldn't happen with him. Um He's a guy that's been a very reliable, consistent kicker in college. So I think this is new to him, the struggles that he's having. Uh, but he certainly has expressed an understanding of his need to get things right, uh, his desire to get things right um, throughout this whole process. So, uh, and then the next day we get Dirk Cutter, and Dirk has some comments on things. Um, we went to practice uh, on Monday, and we get even more comments about Roberto Aguayo. And then what happened Tuesday that really carries this into a whole nother level is all eyes at this open practice are on Aguayo taking his kicks. They really only have pretty much one special teams period where there's a full 11-man squad lining up for kicks, and they very much try and simulate a game condition. They'll line up at one length. They'll back it up to another length. They'll back it up to another length. Um, and you get all your kicks in a span of you know five minutes probably. Um 
Aguayo took six kicks, missed three of them. Uh, honestly, the, the last miss was so close, it was within a yard. But the glaring one was the second miss. It looked like a kick that I might kick if you line me up for a 45-yard kick. Uh, Rick Stroud said he duck-hooked it. Um, the kickers use a lot of golf terminology. Um, and he kind of shanked it to the left. Barely cleared the offensive line. I don't know that the kick ever got as high as the bottom of the upright. So just a bad, bad miss. Uh, kind of had the fans groaning a little bit in the stands. Some people wrote that they booed loudly. Um, I did not hear that, I'll be honest. Uh, now, we were watching from... I find that there's not a good place to watch kicks in practice at One Buck Place. We were uh, in the opposite end zone, so we were 80 yards away. But what that does allow you to do is look directly at the uprights and see whether it goes through or not, see whether the hold was good, see whether the snap was good, all those things. If you go behind the uprights, if you will, and watch from the end zone they're kicking into, you can certainly see whether it goes through the uprights and know whether it's good or not good, but... The offensive line is blocking your view of the actual kick, so you can't tell uh, if the snap was on par, if the snap was there, if the hold was there, kind of who to blame, if you will. So um, I was not at that end of the field, but I certainly didn't hear anything that was like a collective boo from the crowd that was there, and there was a good crowd there. Um, so with Aguayo now, um, you know, we asked Dirk Cutter after practice about him. Uh, Dirk certainly conceded that, yes, he's struggling, uh, something he has to work through. Uh, Dirk, like many people, thinks this is a mental thing and not a mechanical thing. Um, he said that Roberto also thinks this is a mental thing and not a mechanical thing. So it's something they're trying to work through and, and get him through. Uh, wrote a fairly big story that'll be on the front page of tomorrow's Times. Uh, just recapping things with Aguayo, what's gone wrong with him. Uh, we talked to Gerald McCoy after practice today. Gerald went out of his way to say that he has reached out trying to be... Uh, a voice of encouragement and support for Aguayo. I thought Gerald made a good point in that if anybody in this locker room can go to him with some perspective on being drafted high and recognizing the very high and sometimes unfair expectations that come with being drafted high, uh, Gerald feels like he can. Obviously, Gerald was a a top three pick uh, back in 2010, didn't necessarily get the results that he wanted in his first two NFL seasons, was probably best known for ending both years with injuries. I think he had four total sacks in his first two years. Really wasn't until that third year that he emerged as a leader, as a playmaker, as a pro bowler. And he's been to the pro bowl four years since, but definitely took some time for him to adjust, even as a high, high draft pick. Um, And again, I think he recognizes where Aguayo is coming from and wants to be there for him uh, to help him, if you will. Um, so one of the things we looked at is uh, kind of trying to research what kickers are like, good kickers. What are they like when they first come into the NFL? And I actually found some curious results in that in looking up a lot of the best kickers that we think of, the most successful kickers here in the last uh, generation or so, they didn't come into the league a Pro Bowl kicker. They didn't come in ready-made, good to go, no problems at all coming from college to the NFL game. Uh, Sebastian Janikowski, again, first-round draft pick, probably the the current kicker you could compare this to most. Uh, came into the league in 2000, now in his 17th season. Um, you'd have to consider that a successful draft pick when you have a guy that's been your kicker for 17 years. I think he has, I want to say, 55 kicks of 50 yards or longer. Just a prolific, sustained kicker for Oakland. Uh, but again, 
first year, okay, Sebastian Janikowski comes out, misses his first NFL field goal attempt, misses three of his first five, six games into his NFL career. He's 8 of 15 on field goals, okay? And it's only after that initial struggle that he can turn a corner, and then he went 14 and 7 the rest of his rookie year. Adam Vinatieri, again, probably one of the most accomplished kickers of the last 20 years, uh, literally 20 years into an NFL career. But in 1996, was not a finished product. Came in his second NFL game, went one of four on field goals, missed three kicks in a game the Patriots lost by seven points, okay? Uh, Kept his job. The GM that had him as the kicker was not fired. Um, The next week, he misses another field goal, misses an extra point. Adam Vinatieri in his first uh, eight games, okay, missed three extra points. And this is back when this is the easy kick from the two, 19-yard, foregone conclusion extra point. Missed three of those in his first eight games. Uh, And then, again, flipped a switch, found his rhythm as an NFL kicker. He did not miss another extra point until midway through his fourth season, okay? Uh, Jason Hansen, who, much like Roberto Aguirre, was a second-round pick in 1992, Missed three of his first six field goals. Uh, and then again, settled down, went 18 of 20 the rest of his rookie year. But needed that short transition period to become an NFL kicker, if you will. Uh, what else? Went back and looked at Jan Stenerud, Hall of Fame kicker, way back in 1967. Okay, Stenerud kicked 19 seasons in the NFL, 373 career field goals. Uh, missed four of his first six kicks, though, Okay, on field goals. Two for six in his first two games. Missed 15 field goals as a rookie. That's a lot. Uh, That's in a 14-game season. So missed more than one field goal a game as a rookie. Still kept his job. Still obviously had a very successful long career. Uh, The point of all this being um, not everybody comes into the league ready. Um, And Roberto Aguayo has not even had his first real NFL game yet. He certainly struggled, and I think it's certainly reason for concern. Obviously, there was doubt and criticism and skepticism about this pick the instant it was made. Um, you know, the Bucks not only took a kicker in the second round, but traded up, gave up a fourth round pick to move up 15 spots to get him. Um, that's how much it meant to Jason Light. That's how much he believed in Roberto Aguayo. Uh, so there is a lot of investment made in him, okay? And this has been a uh, difficult first two weeks for him. Um, it certainly put even more doubt and more pressure on him than he already faced. Uh, but I, I don't want you guys to think they're going to cut him uh, three weeks into the season if this happens. I think last year, Bucks fans saw what happened with Kyle Brinza, saw how badly he struggled, and saw the way he was cut. But I, I think they've made a much bigger investment in Aguayo. He's got $2 million guaranteed in his contract. There's nothing of the kicker on roster right now. Uh, we asked Dirk Cutter today if it's possible they might add another kicker on the roster. They've got a spot on their roster right now uh, to bring somebody in, even if it's just to create the appearance of competition, give him somebody to work with, to watch, a veteran type. Uh, and Dirk said, I don't know that that's an option. I think he's deferring to Jason Light. Obviously, Jason's the guy that makes the personnel decisions and the signings and the cuts and everything. But he didn't think that was going to happen. I think they're very much going to continue to be confident in Roberto Aguayo, uh, if for some reason this were to persist, if we're talking on this podcast uh, in the middle of September about him missing kicks, potentially costing the Bucks wins, I think the, the solution would be if they weren't going to have him as their kicker, they would do one of two things. I think they would either sign a second kicker, uh, make him their starting kicker, and then have Aguayo be inactive, if you will. You have 
53 guys on your roster, but seven of them are inactive every week. Uh, they could make him inactive. Um, honestly, some of these NFL teams have carried two kickers, and you keep one for the kickoffs and one for the extra points and field goals. So they could do that too, where they have maybe they take the pressure off of him, let him handle the kickoffs, let somebody else uh, handle the place kicking, somebody that is more established and more proven and more reliable, uh, and then maybe you ease him in next year or something like that. The other option some of you suggested is, is you basically fake an injury. You, you stash him on injured reserve. Uh, you say, you know what, Roberto injured his hamstring today. We're going to put him on IR. Uh, and then you retain his rights. Uh, he's still there on the roster for you next year, but you have somebody else you can go with uh, in the interim. Again, we're weeks away from any of those kind of things taking place. This is something that the Bucks are very much going to ride out. Uh, but it'll be... As we mentioned in the story today, this is going to be what people are talking about. People are going to go to Friday's game curious about a lot of things with the new Bucks, a new defense, uh, new players on both sides of the ball. But I think the most curious thing fans are going to have, uh, rather nervously, is whether or not Roberto Aguayo made his kicks. Um, so I think that's something we're going to continue to be talking about. Hopefully it won't dominate the podcast quite the way it has today. Uh, but there's lots more to come with this. So we'll be talking more about Aguayo. I'm curious to get your takes on this as well. So as I ask for uh, the usual request for mailbag questions, I'm curious what your thoughts are about Aguayo. How much do you still believe in him? How much do you question this draft pick now that he's stumbled out of the gates? Uh, Of course, you can send uh, an email to me at LockedOnBucks at gmail.com. You can send us a question on Twitter at LockedOnBucks or at my name, Greg Allman. That's G-R-E-G-A-U-M-A-N. We're going to wrap things up. I'm coming up on 22 minutes here. Uh, rambling about uh, Roberto Aguayo, but uh, we'll have plenty more for Thursday's podcast off of this second Wednesday joint practice with the Browns. There will be some kind of scrimmage as part of that. Uh, One newsy piece I did not get in earlier I want to make sure I mention to you guys is that Dirk Cutter said that uh, his starters on both sides of the ball are going to play into the third quarter in Friday's game. Uh, So those of you going there, you will get your money's worth in terms of being able to see NFL caliber players for more than a half Uh, before the backups and the guys that are soon to be cut are taking over the field. We will wrap things up. Thank you guys very much for listening. Uh, Great to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network here. Uh, Wrapping up episode 18, uh, thank you guys again for the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com. This is Greg Allman. Thanks again for listening. We will talk to you guys tomorrow. What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you by wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.